Well, hi there, dragons. Kenny Rotter here, back again with another episode of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. This episode is very near and dear to my heart. It is with a very good friend of mine, Veronica Surges. This is, at the same time, a very fun episode and a very serious episode. Veronica and I discuss all the great, nerdy, amazing things we're into, but we also deal with some eating disorders and some alcohol abuse issues. There are parts that are a little bit more of a serious turn, and I was actually struggling to decide if I wanted this to be a prequel episode or if I wanted to release it with the normal uh, episode calendar. I ended up deciding to release it regularly because while it was recorded very early on and there are some audio issues, I think the message that we discuss and the message that we put out there is important enough that everyone just take a few minutes out of their day and take a listen to it. That being said, as usual, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact me, Ken, at DumbbellsAndDragons.com. If you have any comments or questions for Veronica, she also gives out her information at the end of the podcast. Until next time, work out, nerd out. In the basement rolling dice, rolling dice, I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right, candles flicker, fighting dragons in my mind, in my mind, just for kicks. DM says you're gonna die, roll a D6. So, Veronica, welcome to the podcast. Are you excited? I am really excited. I've been looking forward to this ever since you asked me. Yay! We're very happy that you feel that way. So, a little bit of background about yourself. Background about myself. I am a lawyer for two years. I have a job that I love as an appellate public defender. I have played hockey for years, got some injuries that prevented that. I've had quite the journey with fitness. How did you get into hockey? Uh, Actually, my little brother was flipping through satellite stations when we lived in Reno, Nevada. And he found a Los Angeles Kings game, thought it was the best thing ever. He was seven years old at the time. And he begged my parents for years if he could play roller hockey. So my parents finally said yes. They had no idea what they were getting into. My brothers and I all became goaltenders in roller hockey. And uh, we decided that we really liked it. And so my parents wanted to try ice hockey. So we moved to Minnesota. (laughs) That Your parents moved to Minnesota so you and your siblings could play hockey? That is exactly it. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Um, I know. And you have, you and I have had some pretty epic fights about who's the better team, the Kings or the Bruins, and uh, it's the Bruins. It's a Stanley Cup thing that I guess signifies the best team. I don't know. It does. It would signify the best team. That uh, I I could argue that I could argue that it actually just <laughs> shows the team that beat four other teams based on seeding. That were worse than it. I'm sad that it was not a Kings Bruins Cup. I am. Me too. Next year. Next year. So, you just finished 
your first Tough Mudder, and how do you feel? I feel amazing still. <laughs> feel amazing. When did we run it? A week ago? Yeah. Yeah, eight days ago. Bruises have not yet faded. Oh, yeah, you definitely sent me some pr- pictures of some pretty nasty bruises. Um, <laughs> you and I actually lost contact for a while, and then we reconnected, and I convinced you to run the Tough Mudder the day after your wedding reception. You and Matt had already gotten married, but you guys had waited on the wedding reception. Am I getting all this correct? Yep, that is all correct. We wanted to have a big party where we could drink and hang out with people and not worry about the next day. It didn't work out too well that way. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Do you remember how, because I don't, do you remember how I actually convinced you to sign up and run? Or, because I remember I brought it up to you, but I don't remember how exactly all that happened. I remember this perfectly. We had reconnected about two months prior because in my own journey, um, I started kind of weeding out people who were not positive about fitness. And I had contacted you to say, hey, Kenny, thank you for all your positive posts. Out of the blue, then I said, hey, come to my wedding reception. You said maybe. And then uh, it was April. I be- it was either April 14th or April 24th. And I remember that because my best friend had just had surgery. You contacted me and said, let's run a Tough Mudder. I said, no, I didn't say. I wanted to say you are effing insane, (laughs) but I didn't respond right away to that. Instead, I went to my friend's bedside where she is in a drug-induced haze, having just come out of anesthesia. And I said, Laura, I I think I'm going to do a Tough Mudder. And I gave you every reason why I could not do it. And the thing that you kept repeating that I remember very clearly was, Veronica, you're going to finish if we have to crawl across the finish line, (laughs) and you are going to attempt every single obstacle. And being honest with you about my abilities made me feel like you were serious about wanting to do this with me. Well, I was. (laughs) It was... Definitely a unique experience. How I remember it was I was going to be like, yeah, I'll come to your wedding reception, but only if you run this Tough Mudder with me. Little did you know that I had already registered for the Tough Mudder and I had already bought my plane ticket, so I was actually going to run it with or without you. But I'm glad you... You jerk. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I'm a jerk. That's how it works. Um, But not only did you do it, you got, what, four other people who... Had never done, well, one had done a Tough Mudder before, but none others had. What was that experience like for you, getting them to sign up? And what did it mean to you when they signed up? It was an awesome experience because I became so pumped up about doing this event and about pushing myself harder than I'd ever pushed myself before. And so it kind of happened organically where... The only person I really, really, really tried to convince to do it was my husband. Uh, and Matt did end up doing it in the end. The other people, Vanessa, Steve, Maggie, and it happened organically where it came up in conversation. And I could tell that they were the type of person that was going to stick with the team, first of all, 
and push themselves second of all. So they're not going to be hanging out, painting their nails during the race, but they're also not going to be leaving behind the rest of the team in the dust. And it was just wonderful to be able to share that experience with with my friends who throughout the event, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but they became my family. Oh, it's well, <laughs> in all the races I've run, I've definitely gotten that feeling. So why was it so important to you that Matt sign up? It was important to me because the day that Matt and I met, well, the day we met, I didn't like him that much. From the day that we started dating a week later, Matt and I always wanted to have an intentional relationship. We did not want to let life happen to us. We wanted to go out there and get these experiences that we would never have before. And doing Tough Mudder was something that was huge for both of us because Matt Matt played baseball in high school and did some sports in college, but had really lost that fitness base and kind of just became a little uh, laissez-faire in his fitness. And I was coming from a background with an eating disorder and a busted knee to have Matt by my side, pushing himself as hard as I was pushing myself. I have uh, honestly never been more proud of him. And I told him that right afterward. All right. Excellent. That, that makes me really happy. So you did have some, well, what did you do to start training for the Tough Mudder? In January of 2014, I got a group on to a fitness club that was just group fitness, kickboxing, TRX, kettlebells, bodyweight stuff. So I had been doing that for about three months when you convinced me to do the Tough Mudder. And at first, I kind of went crazy for about a week where I was working out twice a day. And I ended up hurting my knee a lot more that way than if I had just kept on doing what I had been doing. And, uh, excuse me, my eating disorder therapist also kind of threatened to kill me if I kept on working out, you know, two, four hours a day because where I'm at in recovery, that would actually end up setting me back. So after, you know, come early May, mid-May, I did a lot of, uh, Four to five days a week of body weight, kettlebells, kickboxing, TRX training, that sort of stuff. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, now, you've mentioned this twice thus far. So, no, I'm going to get into it later. I don't want to get into it now. Um, so, during the Tough Mudder. Uh, right before we started, when we were all at the fairgrounds and while we were getting ready, what was going through your mind? What was going through my mind was the chorus of Get Through This by The Art of Dying. <laughs> and there's a part where it says, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. And then it also goes, I'll get through this, it's a matter of fact. And that's what was going through my mind was... There's no try anymore. There's no, I'm going to attempt this. It's, I'm at the freaking Tough Mudder, and I am going to get through it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do everything that I can to push myself through this event. Heck yes. And yeah. like, that's almost exactly the way I felt when I ran my first one. And I was so nervous. I was so scared. And then my teammates were great. Everybody else was great. 
And I mean, that's what kind of sparked me doing all of them now. <laughs> Excellent. So then we start. Let's see. This race was 10 and a half miles, 20 some odd obstacles. What was your favorite part and least favorite part? And tell me about what was going through your mind as we were running the race. I have a lot to choose from for my favorite part. Tell me all uh, of them. My favorite part, which is really unexpected, was climbing over the walls. I hated the Berlin walls where you have to be hoisted over. I, I hated those, probably my least favorite. But uh, balls to the wall, even the mud mile where you have to climb up and over things, I loved those. I felt powerful, you know, pulling myself up with upper body strength and hoisting myself up. I, I just... I felt strong. I felt on top of the world. And I was also facing my fear of heights. So the balls to the wall, I actually did twice just for fun. And I never, ever thought that I would do something like that for fun. Yeah. And probably my other favorite part was doing walk the plank. And, uh, oh, I don't remember the name of it. The one where you pull yourself backwards under a cage in the water. Okay. Um, um Well... Just so people listening can know, Walk the Plank is a 20-foot jump into a muddy pool of water that can be quite frightening. And then the cage crawl is where you are upside down in water and there is about two to three inches of space between your face and a chain link fence that's keeping you from standing up in this pool of water. So that can be quite daunting as well. Very much so. Yeah. And you did all of it amazingly. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. I think there could have been numerous times where you could have been like, no, I'm not going to even try. I'm not going to be able to do this. I can't do this. And you didn't say that once, even when, I think the Berlin walls are 10 feet, maybe 11 mm-hmm. or 12. No, probably 10. You were hesitant, but eventually we convinced you to get your ass up and over. And that was awesome. I was very excited for that. It was a great feeling to go down on the other side of that wall. <laughs> yeah, the, the walk the plank and the cage crawl were two that... Ended up being my favorites just because I was so scared of them. And so it kind of showed me what I can do. The fact that I was able to just, I, I didn't even think about it. I just started climbing up. And when the person at the top of the walk the plank said jump, I jumped. I screamed halfway through because I forgot that I was jumping. <laughs> but it was, uh, facing my fears like that was really just probably the best part of the Tough Mudder. Okay, excellent. Uh, how'd you feel like when you were done? It was really surprising. I was like, wait, wait, I'm done. There's my orange headband. What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) It's like I forgot. I was so involved in the race itself that I forgot that there was an end to it. Wow. When I, when we finished, uh, I could not stop laughing. I could not stop smiling. The very first thing I said was I want to do it again. (laughs) And are you signing up for Dallas or North Carolina, or is it just Matt? Uh, I'm trying to convince Matt to right now. Oh, I'm not, because I'm having surgery. You're having surgery. 
I I completely forgot. That makes me a dick friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. But you did tell me that in two years, 2016, we're going to be running the world's toughest mutter, which is a tough mutter for 24 hours. So that's going to be quite exciting. I got the clearance from my doctor. Well, I didn't actually say world's toughest mutter. I just told him tough mutter. But he said (laughs) in two years, you'll be able to do that. Excellent. Is that the earliest you're going to be able to run another one? Or are you going to be able to run one like in 18 months? He said uh, potentially 18 months. Okay. So I was going to say, maybe we should do another one for practice. That might be a good idea. I figured we could reevaluate in early 2016 and see how the knee is uh, living there, how it's holding up. That sounds like a good, great plan. That's so exciting. Oh, um, and you said that everyone else had a really great time, too. I don't want this to seem like it's just a promo for Tough Mudder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're not getting paid for this no definitely not definitely not um what did finishing mean to you what did you get out of it it's hard to even put it in words it you know i texted you a few days ago so a few days after the tough mutter and i said kenny by the way thank you for changing my life finishing the tough mutter uh, not even finishing starting the tough mutter changed my life Because it made me realize that I can do so much more than I have told myself, than other people have told me, than I have believed for the past 29 and a half years. Uh, Crossing that finish line, I, I mean, I don't even know if I can accurately describe the confidence that it gave me in other areas of my life. I had hearings the next morning in a prison. <laughs> I walked in covered in bruises, appropriately enough. And <laughs> I just, you know, I wasn't even nervous for the hearings because I thought, I can do this. I just did a freaking tough mutter. I can do a hearing. <laughs> yeah. You didn't go to court in your headband? Uh, No, no. Mm. I was not allowed to do that. But I put it on right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was definitely at work all day in my headband. I wore mine for two days, minus court. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Then it counts. No, I never got to tell you exactly how much your text actually meant to me. And I think the text was, "Hey, I don't know if I've told you this, but thank you, you've changed my life," or something along those lines. And that meant so much to me. Because I was actually having a conversation with a buddy of mine last night, uh, and the conversation, I had always felt like there was something holding us back in our friendship, and something that was leaving me feel smaller, like as a person. Uh, and I was in, in the course of our conversation, I decided that I wanted to be, I didn't want to be that way in the friendship anymore and I said to him I said last week Veronica sent me this text message I want to be someone in your life that at some point in your life you send me the same text message because Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is that you want or what it is that you want to accomplish in your life 
I want to be there for you and I want to help you achieve that. And I want to be a source of positivity and motivation to get you to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And I think that that was a real changing point in my relationship with him. And so I don't think I would have ever had that if it weren't for your text message. It's a chain reaction. Right? It's all about paying it forward. And I love it. And I love you. And I love him. And I love everybody. <laughs> um, love everybody. Right? I, I did say in the context of the conversation that I did actually want to get that text message from everybody on the planet. Uh, and he said, well, you're going to have to get a bigger phone for to hold 7 billion text messages. You can do it. I, I'm, I'm positive I can. I, I might need to get a Google Voice account. Uh, if I did a tough butter, you can do that. <laughs> I can get a text from every person on the planet. <laughs> that would be amazing. You're on top of the world. You can accomplish anything you want. Everything else in life is nowhere near as challenging to you since the Tough Mudder. But before the Tough Mudder, you had said that you had struggled with some body image issues, eating issues. And I want to know when those started. I first experienced them about the same time. I very distinctly remember being on the bus in kindergarten and I was sneaking food out of the house. So I'd already started the secret of eating, secret of binge eating. And I was talking to a sixth grader, which was weird for a kindergarten and a sixth grader to be hanging out. And I told her, I hate my teeth. I hate my hair. I don't want to smile with my mouth open. I just wish that my hair wasn't, I, I mean, I had a mullet, so it was pretty justified that I hated my <laughs> Well, you were a hockey player, so it was okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and I told the sixth grader, you know, I don't want to be here for school pictures. I am just mortified. And so I remember as early as, as about five years old, just having these uh, eating disorder symptoms and body image issues. And it wasn't until my little sister was in kindergarten, she's 19 now, that I realized that not every five-year-old hates the way that they look. And it's been a nonstop battle since then. And I mean that literally uh, nonstop. When did you decide that you needed to get help? And did you make this realization before you decided to get some sort of help? And what were the steps that you took to eventually get help on this? Uh, it was a very long battle. It was, uh, it kind of came to a head in the last five years. Since 2009, I have gained and lost at least 60 pounds, uh, four or five times, all through binging, purging, deciding I haven't had enough of binging and purging, and then doing the same thing, calorie restrictions all over again, because I knew that being thin and being thin was going to be the only thing in the world that would make me happy, and that my weight was the source of all of my problems. And, uh, in November of 2013, my mom had noticed that I had put on the 60 pounds again and that I was being incredibly negative about myself and my eating. And so she recommended that I call the EMILY program. And that is an eating disorder therapy center 
located here in Minnesota and also out in Washington state. Um, I called them, I did an intake and they said, your eating habits are really messed up. <laughs> they said it in clinical terms, <laughs> in, in clinical terms. They said I had all these symptoms of bulimia, except that at that time I wasn't purging, but just the obsession with food. The fact that I could not stop thinking about it. I self-soothed using, using food. I used food as punishment, food as reward, uh, just an absolute obsession with food and the way that I looked. And so in November, I took that step of getting help. And well, so that was about eight months ago. It's been a long journey since then. And it'll be a long journey to go still. But the biggest thing that has changed since then is that uh, on the whole, about 80% of the time, I'm happy with the way that I look because I focus on what I can do and not how I look. And uh, I've started to love working out just for the sake of working out, not as punishment, which is a completely <laughs> different viewpoint. That's excellent. That's awesome. I don't know if you want to, but do you, could you share some of the bad moments or some of the worst moments uh, if you feel comfortable, if you want to, because I would really like to know what you've gone through. Yeah, there have been a lot of bad moments. Um, I have scars up and down my arms from cutting myself out of self-hatred. And it wasn't even when I was a teenager and it was a cool thing to do. It was through college into law school, past the age that people think you're just trying to be cool and start to think you have a real problem. Uh I had to take out my self-hatred in some way, and so that's the way that it came out. Uh, I would just lie on the floor crying and the floor of the bathroom crying after throwing up and throwing up, mainly because I felt guilty that it wasn't enough. I wished that I had the willpower of someone who was anorexic, and that's a very common eating disorder uh, symptom, to wish that you had the willpower to restrict your calories, the willpower to throw up. The eating disorder in your head twists around what is good and uh, makes you think that throwing up and eating zero calories are good for you. And some, so those were some of the darkest moments, just lying on the bathroom floor and, you know, hiding in the closet eating and ripping up some of my clothes because I knew they wouldn't fit me anymore. And I felt like such a horrible failure of a person. Those were just two moments that I remember very specifically. But those kinds of things happened all the time for literally 24 years. I I don't know the feeling, but I know that I struggled with like a lot of alcohol abuse in college and law school, which might sound like kind of a normal thing, but it was like, it was literally to the point where in my brain, I was just like, I don't really want to feel anything that's going on in reality. I don't want to be connected to this reality because this reality totally sucks. Right. So I just felt if, you know, you shared part of yourself with me, I wanted to share part of myself with you. Um, Absolutely. And so now, since November, you've started working out because you love working out. You have, I mean, obviously, I think you know that the road to recovery is kind of like a lifelong process. Right. 
what has changed for you in the last year since getting help? I mean, I know you've said that you're working out because you enjoy it now. What else has changed? What else has stayed the same? What else do you see from yourself? What else do you see that you need to, I don't want to say improve on, but things that might worry you if they pop back up in the future? Absolutely. One big thing that's changed is that I have stopped reading fashion magazines, stopped reading fitness magazines. I used to subscribe to so many. Shape, InStyle, Harper's Bazaar, Vanity Fair, I loved all of them. And I used to put them on the treadmill when I was working out and think that that's why I worked out. So the fact that I have cut these out of my life actually means that my body image has gotten overall a lot better. I bought a two-piece swimsuit for the first time in my life. But the fact is, I have it. Hot. (laughs) I've become much more focused. I mentioned this earlier, much more focused on what I can do instead of how I look. There are still some big triggers. You know, in the gym, there are full-length mirrors. And I actually just finished a workout not too long ago. And I thought, I look awful. But then I looked at myself and I was actually doing... Uh, some bent over rows with very heavy dumbbells. And I thought, no, I look awesome. <laughs> yeah. There is, uh, there's still a lot of, a lot of steps to take. I saw the pictures for Tough Mudder and I thought, who is that fat, ugly girl? First thought that popped into my head. Same with the pictures from the reception. These are things that probably will take a long time to get over. But the difference now is that instead of seeing, saying, who's that fat, ugly girl, letting it ruin my day, I look at the pictures, I think about what I just did in the Tough Mudder, the fact that I'm carrying this huge log on my shoulder. Yeah. And uh, then I go and I, uh, I mean, this is rather cheesy and little girly, but I go to Pinterest and I have a board there that's called Taking Back Healthy. And it's just a lot of very positive body acceptance, loving your body, loving the body that you're in type things. And so I go to that. I talk to people that I can trust, talk to my husband, to you, to my friend Megan, uh, people that remind me to screw my head on straight and remember that I can do some amazing things regardless of what my body looks like. And Absolutely. The other thing I'm a little worried about is I am having knee surgery in August and I can't stand up for six weeks. I and I can't put any weight on my leg for another six weeks after that. I'm very worried that I'm going to revert back to old habits of eating a ton, purging in some way, um, starting to kind of hate myself again when I can't work out. So it's something that's a constant, uh, a constant fear that I'm working through my therapist with. Okay. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to tell you something that I've told you numerous times before, and I'll probably tell you numerous times in the future and something I need to tell myself numerous times um, as well is nowhere does it say that you can't be worried about those things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of when you let those thoughts, no pun intended, eat you up and you focus on those thoughts instead of, no, I'm doing the right things to let my body heal. Um, Right. It's like when we were going up for the walk the plank and you were like, 
I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of giant murky pools of water. And I said to you, okay, nowhere in the steps of completing this obstacle does it say you can't be scared of those things. Right, right. Um, And so I really hope that you keep that in mind. And yeah, you know, you can get worried about falling into old habits, but the key to, or I guess it doesn't matter if you're worried about falling into old habits because you don't have to fall into those old habits. Right, right. I mean, I, it's, it's would be so much easier for both of us to just stop living the lifestyle that we want to live and go back to, for me, you know, sleeping in until right before I have to get up for work and then staying up really late at night and drinking three energy drinks a day, which is so bad for you. Um, (laughs) but it's just, it's, it's no longer in accordance with, you know, my morals and values and, you know, neither for you. And if, for some reason, we happen to have a delicious cheeseburger or pizza or beer. Um, that doesn't mean we've given up our healthy lifestyle. It means we've enjoyed a pizza or burger or beer. And then right. So that's all I wanted to say on that. It's a good reminder, especially for those of us who tend to be perfectionists and get upset just for being afraid that something bad might happen. Yes, that's... Good reminder. (laughs) It's very true. And I can't remember what I was going to say from there, so it's gone now. But (laughs) where's Matt now? Is he home or is he still at work? (sighs) Matt has left me to go to Mankato to go to the Vikings training camp. How dare he? How dare he? Oh, I was going to say he should try to get Chris Cluey's autograph, but that would not happen anymore. I don't think that would happen, no. But he'll probably come home with some autographs, and I'll be like, yeah, well, I did a podcast with Kenny, so what? What now? What now? You got nothing, buddy. You got nothing. Um, I cleaned the house. What now? (laughs) That's actually a really good point. I was going to say something about cleaning the house, and now I just don't know if it makes sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's like... There's so many things that people want to accomplish and people want to change the world and all this stuff. And I just think to myself sometimes, like if sometimes I'll get down on myself, if I take a day just for me and I'll like clean the house and I'll get the house the way I want it. And I think about it and I was like, if you cleaning your house and taking care of yourself can be just the same and just as rewarding and as redeeming and as big as saving the entire world. It's a very Buddhist way of thinking, but it's like, because in Buddhism we are all connected. And if anybody wants to correct me on any of this, um, I am novice when it comes to Buddhism. Feel free to leave a comment. Since we are all connected, taking care of yourself is taking care of everybody else. And you and I have had discussions where where things are real for other people because they're looking at things through a lens and something that you and I can do extremely easily 
might be incredibly difficult for somebody else and something that somebody else uh, does really easily can be incredibly difficult for us. For us, getting up, emptying the dishwasher or being motivated to empty the dishwasher is incredibly difficult. Whereas for somebody else, it just comes naturally and their dishwasher is always empty. Whereas for me, getting up at 4 a.m. and going to the gym for an hour is incredibly easy, even though it requires a lot more time and effort than emptying the dishwasher. That's that's what I have to say there about stuff. Good to have stuff. grace for other people. Right? You know, Every, have grace for people. And everybody is fighting a battle that we know nothing about. Exactly. Um, so when is your surgery? August 27th. August 27th. Okay. Um, which was so dumb because you're going to miss my birthday. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll be thinking of you if I can think through the, you know, Lortab haze. I don't know what that is, but it sounds fun. <laughs> it's not. It's terrible. I, I'm not a good drug addict. I don't do well with pain medications. That's a good thing? A bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Okay. Well then. And so what are they doing to your knee? Tell me what they're doing to your knee so I have a record of it. I am having an ACI and a TTO. It's uh, an autologous, I, I may be butchering this pronunciation, autologous chondrocyte implantation and a tibial tubercle osteotomy. So basically right now I have a big hole in my cartilage underneath my kneecap. And I am pretty knock-kneed, where my leg actually juts out at an angle from my knee to my ankle. And I also may have an MCL tear. They're not sure they'll figure that out when they're in there. <laughs> so what they're doing is a pretty new procedure where they're actually, if I can get graphic, they're going to peel back my kneecap, inject my own liquid cartilage that they've been harvesting for two years, inject it into my kneecap, sew it all up with a pigskin, because that's what they do, and sew my kneecap back on. And at the same time, they're going to saw through my shin bone to straighten out my shin and where it attaches to my knee. So the bone part actually heals very quickly, um, only about six weeks. It's the cartilage that's going to take a solid 12 to 18 months to harden. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds super creepy and gross, and you definitely need to send I me know. pictures. Oh, I will. They're going to give me pictures that they take during the procedure, so I will send you lots. Yes. How, <laughs> how long is the procedure supposed to take? It depends on what they find in there. Anywhere from two to eight hours. Okay. Oh, it's depending on if they need to fix my MCL, too. Okay, that's a real big variant in time. Two to eight hours. Yeah. I know. I want you to have a speedy recovery so we can run more. It'd be fun. It'd be super fun. And then they'd be really bored sitting there. So I want a speedy recovery. Yeah, seriously. Um, what are you planning to do with all the free time that you're going to be having? I am going to start playing video games. Nice. <laughs> yes. Matt has been bugging me for, I don't remember what he wants. I think it's a PlayStation for ages so i out of the goodness of my heart i am going to let him get a playstation for his birthday and i am going to become addicted to video games 
That's awesome. Um, have you played video games before? Uh, in college, I played a lot of computer games in college. I, uh, oh my gosh, what's the one that I loved? It was a first person shooter. I was really good at it too. Like a Doom or? Oh, I don't remember. Had Cross in the name, I think. Oh well. At any rate, I played a, a lot of games in college when I had a big crush on a guy who was a big gamer. Matt is thrilled to start playing games again, so I'm just going to play whatever he puts in front of me. That works. What I'm looking for is an N64 so I can play Goldeneye. Oh, well, in that case, you might also just want to get a Wii or a Wii U because you can download Goldeneye. That's awesome. Yes. It's a lot of fun, and I love it. Let's see. Anything else you want me to know? Oh. Let's go with that question, and then I will ask you the last question. Anything else that I want you to know? I am just really happy to be going along this journey with Dumbbells and Dragons. I love the things you guys post. Ted just posted something today about making new habits that really really resonated with me because I like making small goals, and it's a new thing for me to set small goals and meet small goals. Um. Yeah, I'm really happy to be doing this thing with you guys. Absolutely. That's awesome. Just in case anyone didn't know, Veronica is also my editor for all my blog posts. I'm going to be doing a Tough Mudder Minnesota recap and Comic-Con recap that I'm going to be sending you this week. Okay? Awesome. Perfect. Last but certainly not least, and this is kind of similar on a similar vein as the last question, what are you nerding out about right now? Oh, this is so embarrassing. Perfect. I am obsessed with the Divergent series. I read a lot of young adult sci-fi. I love the Divergent series, Penryn, and the End of Days series. Both of them just feature female female leads that are total badasses and know how to fight and are strong and are awesome. So I nerd out so much with sci-fi. Okay. Sci-fi see. But the bad stuff. Not even the good stuff. I mean, I love the good stuff, the Lord of the Rings, you know. But but there's something about the young adult stuff that you can finish in a single day that <laughs> is my guilty pleasure. Excellent. That's awesome. Um just to <laughs> let you know, a good sci-fi chick badass would be uh River Tam, Serenity, Firefly. So watch those while you're hung up in bed. You have to email me those. I will take any and all suggestions from you or any listeners on anything to do. You've never seen Serenity or Firefly? No. Oh, my God. We can't be friends anymore. Okay, I got to go. Bye. (laughs) On that note, do you want to share your tweeters, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebookies so people can find you if they want to talk to you? Absolutely. I do not have a tweeter. I figure I should at some point. And my Instagram is, if you hold on one hot second, I will tell you, because I just got Instagram as well. My Instagram is vmay, B as in Veronica, E-E-M as in May, A-Y, vmay. Spell that again, because I think you might have broken up during it. V as in Veronica, E-E-M as in May, 
A Y. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right. Let me make sure I didn't just lie to you. <laughs> yep, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Miss Shaka. I was almost going to call you Serges. That would have been really bad. That was your maiden name. Thank you so much for being on and letting us dive into a little bit of your personal life. We really appreciate it. It was awesome. I love it. Anything I can do. All right. Well, we love you. As always, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at dumbbellsanddragons. Connect with us on Twitter at dumbbellsdragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.